This is the SBI Show. Hello, everybody. I'm Ivan Skolarsip, and it is match day. The World Cup has begun, and the U.S. men's national team is about to return to the world stage for the first time in eight years. And it really doesn't feel that long ago, but yes, it does feel that long ago. Eight long years since Brazil, since the run to the knockout rounds in Brazil. And here we are, golden generation, ready to do their thing on the big stage. Taking on Wales in uh, just a few hours. Coming to you live from Qatar. As you know, I've been here all week. I've been here for a week now. This is heading into week two for me now. And uh, the action finally got underway on Sunday night with Ecuador defeating Qatar 2-0. Opening ceremonies, quite a spectacle, to say the least. And, you know, I've, I've been to my share, this, as I've said many times. It's my fifth World Cup, and the opening ceremonies are always a spectacle, always a chance for the host country to kind of do their thing and show off. And you knew Qatar would show off, and that they did. We don't need to talk about the opening ceremonies, although Morgan, Morgan Freeman... How is this guy still chasing the bag? I mean, everyone loves Morgan Freeman, right? But, I mean, at what point can you just retire? Just go chill on a beach somewhere. I mean, look, to be fair, who knows what kind of bag Qatar uh, gave Morgan Freeman to show up. He didn't just voice the opening ceremony. He was there. Not, I was not expecting that one. I thought that was, uh, that was pretty impressive. But Ecuador opens with the 2-0 two, win. Enter Valencia. Two goals. Could have been three. I'll be the first to say I'm sure I wasn't alone in thinking something was fishy when Ecuador's uh, opening goal was was uh, ruled out by VAR. And you knew at that point, I mean, there's already talk and there's already rumors about players being bribed and all that. You know, you never know where that stuff starts. I mean, misinformation is the new way, right? But if uh, if anyone bribed Ecuadorian players, one, the, the one player they didn't bribe is Ender Valencia because he came to play. So credit to him, credit to Ecuador. They took care of business. Uh, I think they're going to get out of that group. Uh, not, nothing against Senegal, but without Sadio Mane, I think Senegal is going to have a bit of a tough time. As much as, yes, they still have Eduard Mendy. They still have Khalidou Koulibaly. They still have talent. They're still a good team. They could they could do it. But Ecuador, I think Ecuador with the confidence off that opening win, I think they're going to get out of that group. And uh, enough about that. I know what you're here listening for as you get ready for the U.S. men's national team match against Wales. And uh, as you know, last episode, we talked about starting lineup possibilities, and and, and here we are. We're, we're almost there. We're almost there. Before we get into that, uh, make sure, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to, to SBISoccer.com. Uh, we have the, the different levels, subscription levels that you can subscribe to. Obviously, if you, if you take the captain level, that gives you access to everything. We have the starting 11 level, which is the mid-level, and then you have squad level, which is uh, is the lower tier and I'm trying to spread the love there, trying to spread the, the, the coverage. As you know, I'm in Qatar throughout the tournament. I'm going to have coverage uh, nonstop uh, along with the episodes of the SBI show. We have obviously the articles and videos that are, are going to be dropping as well. Uh, I'm, I'm finally getting back on that, the video uh, video horse <laughs> and uh, trying to do my thing on that front and definitely keep an eye for that. And please subscribe when you get a chance. But moving on now, obviously, U.S. Wales, the big game, the one we've been waiting for since the draw happened. And there's so much writing on this game because of the fact England is in this group. And, and you have to think England is the clear. They're obviously the clear favorite. And if you're the other teams in that group, you have to think you have to. Not, it's a it's a three team race to join England in the round in the round of 16. And I know you you, you know, you can't take, take things for granted, but you just have to be realistic about it. England is as stacked as they are. 
you have to think they're getting out of this group. So that makes this U.S. Wales game that much more important. And obviously, opening matches are always important in terms of setting the tone. And, you know, it, it is interesting that, that the U.S. team has managed to, uh, any time the U.S. Has, has avoided defeat in the opening match, I believe in, what is it, the last five tournaments, they've been able to get to the round of 16. So that just tells you right there how important it is for them to get through. And uh, we'll see. I mean, they're obviously the... I want to call them a bit of a favorite as much as it feels like a bit of a toss-up. But with the talent on this U.S. team, you have to feel like they're the favorite. And I think the reason they're not being talked about more as kind of a clear favorite is because of the youth of this team and how young this squad is. And that's kind of holding uh, people back from kind of jumping on the bandwagon. I'll be the first to tell you, I, I'm on the bandwagon. I, I've, I've been here for a week now and obviously I've been covering this team forever. And, and, and this generation in particular, uh, you know, I've been talking up for, for a, a good while now. And just the feeling I get around this group is that that they're ready and uh it it was interesting on sunday uh, greg berhalter named tyler adams his captain and uh, you know as i said all week that that's pretty much you could kind of see it coming and it's uh, n- not just this week but for years now you, you you know i felt personally that he was going to be the captain of this team just his temperament his personality his the, uh, on top of his quality as a player just everything that he brings to the table and he really is that leader that the piece kind of just the perfect leader for this young team. And it's not easy being a leader on a, a team full of young, strong personalities. And he has that cachet. He has that respect, not only of the young players, but also of the veterans. The older players on this on this group have tons of respect for him. Uh, I remember the other day talking to Tim Ream about Tyler Adams, and, and he couldn't stop uh, going on and on about just how impressive Tyler Adams is. And um, obviously, the news came on came out on Sunday. Adams uh, with the is also, by the way, the youngest captain for the U.S. since 1950, since Walter Barr, and also apparently the youngest captain at this World Cup. And uh, as you might expect, he was uh, he was very proud of the designation. It's a it's a huge honor for me, obviously, to to be named captain of of this team. Obviously, a, a very young team, but um, a lot of credit to to my teammates because anyone uh, throughout our leadership council can wear that armband and represent us with pride and um, represent us in the right way. So, yeah, I, I'm obviously representing us for this this World Cup, but there's a bunch of guys in the team in our leadership council: Christian Pulisic, Weston McKenney, Aaron Long. The list goes on and on and on. So, um, we've established that we all lead. In, in different ways so that any anyone can represent us on any given day and represent us well. With Tyler Adams wearing the armband, the other question that we still don't quite have a clear answer to, but we have at least some kind of cl- uh, clearer picture is Weston McKinney, Serginio Dest. What's the deal with them? Are they going to be ready? As we know, we heard from them in the last episode and, and you had both of them saying that they feel good. They both are ready to go. Uh, but Greg Berhalter was able to provide a bit of an update on where those two regular starters stand heading into the opener in terms of weston and serginio um they've made great progress we see them as being able to take part in the game for how long we have to see but um you know that's the beauty of, of having five substitutes they can either come into the game or we can start them and, and take them out of the game when we feel that they're they're getting close to that threshold but they uh, both of them i think are definitely in position to help this team tomorrow now, it was interesting to hear Greg Berhalter kind of hedge his bets there, right, in terms of we should see both McKinney and Dest on the field at some point on Monday. The question is, will they start or will they come off the bench? And and the, the sense you get just talking about this group and the opponent that they're facing, um, you, you get the sense that Berhalter is going to go with a lineup 
with players that that have that experience playing against these players in terms of players who have experience playing in the Premier League. Several of the Welsh players play in the Premier League. So you are obviously going to see Tyler Adams, but I do think you're going to see Tim Ream, uh, Brendan Aronson, Josh Sargent as well. Uh, and, and I think that experience should should shine through. But also with Berhalter kind of making it very clear how important the substitutes are going to be in this game and, and the solutions, as he calls them, the solutions with the five substitutions that you have. And this team is, this is a deep team. And if he does start a Giorena, then you have a Tim Weah to bring off the bench. If he does start a Josh Sargent, then you have a Jesus Ferreira. Uh, And there's several of those kind of wild cards that you can play. If Brendan Aronson starts in midfield and Weston McKinney can come off the bench, or if McKinney starts, you can bring Aronson off the bench. Those substitutes, when you talk about those two or three changes that you're going to make in that second half, I mean, those with that depth that this U.S. team has – you really have a chance to make a difference with the changes that you make in the second half. We're looking at the game in its entirety and thinking about how we can be successful. You know, we want to be an aggressive team in, in this game. We want to be able to hurt them, but we also know that they have strengths and they have threats and we want to be able to, to take them away. So, you know, when picking a lineup, we, we focused on guys that we think can, can execute it um, from the onset but also keeping in mind that our solutions are going to be really important in this game and throughout the World Cup. Um, you, you know, we know that it's not just the 11 on the field. We're going to need the solutions to come into the field and help this group get the win. And Berhalter made it clear that the vibe he gets around about this team this week and, and the team has been here for more than a bit more than a week now is that they're ready. And they're locked in and, and, you know, you're always curious how it's going to, how is a team going to respond? How is a young team going to respond? And I've been saying it for a while now, this, while it is a young team, yes. While it is a team that has hardly any World Cup experience, say for one player, DeAndre Yedlin, yes. These guys are not inexperienced. They have experience. They, they, they're playing in the top leagues in Europe. They've won titles. They've played in finals, uh, Champions League finals, Copa del Rey, uh, DFB Pokal finals. I mean, these playoffs, MLS Cup finals. I mean, these guys have, when you look at the trophy collection that this group has at this young age, I mean, you need to have start having a little more respect for this group and understanding that these guys are, as while they are young, they, they come into this tournament having been in big moments before having been on big stages before so that's why you know you wonder when they show up how how will the vibe be how will how will the how will the players kind of you can tell right you can tell kind of the attitude and the way these guys are carrying themselves and um it is interesting because this group as as i said that there's not much world cup experience only one player has world cup experience however um i think back to the 2002 world cup Right. And that team was an experienced team, except for two players that that you can remember who obviously had a big impact in that tournament and Landon Donovan and Demarcus Beasley. And these were two young, exciting, fearless players who did not get overwhelmed by the big stage. If anything, they thrived in the big moment. Right. Even though they didn't have much experience. And when you think about that fearlessness and that youthful exuberance, that Donovan and Beasley brought to that team. Now think about that. That's two young, talented, uh, eventual Hall of Famers. Um, now you have a team full of young, precocious, talented players. Not just two. You're talking about eight, nine, ten, eleven, right? Um, but also think about this: when Beasley and Donovan 
did their thing in, in South Korea in the 2002 World Cup, the experience that they had combined at that point was nowhere near the experience that these young players today have. Even the, the youngest of the players, Gio Reyna, uh, Yunus Musa. I mean, these guys have played in, in European Cup finals, uh, Champions League uh, with, with Gio Reyna, obviously. Uh, so, I mean, it just... It, it's I, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch this young team show what they can do. And I, obviously, I've been talking up the golden generation thing for a while now. And I still remember having a conversation with, with Greg Berhalter back in 2019 before the Gold Cup. And back then, I had come off of covering the U.S. under-20 team very extensively. And that U-20 team has several players that were part of this current squad when you talk about Tim Way, Sergio Dest, Chris Richards, who would be more would probably be here if he wasn't if he hadn't been injured. Uh, and I asked Burr Halter about this uh, this rising generation and, and and back then he didn't like that idea of calling it a golden generation. He he didn't he didn't see it yet, right? He 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 thought, okay, yes, there's talent, but you know, it's it's a little early, hold your horses, you know, we've we've heard this before. Uh, I think it's fair to say now he understands, and I think now he will be will gladly agree that this is a special generation, but they still have to prove it. They still have to now go on this big stage and show that they're ready to handle it. And based on what Berhalter is seeing in camp, he, he he's he's starting to believe. He he sees a young group that is ready to go. I see a tremendous amount of focus within the team. And I think this focus is going to help us, um, you know, go for success. And, you know, time's going to tell if we're able to play with the best teams in the world, right? We have a, a group stage, a tournament. We'd love to get to the knockout stage to show what we can do. Um, and then we go from there. But um, it, it's a, um, a, a talented group, a young group, but also a, a group filled with good character. You know, obviously, Wales, uh, it, it, it's, you're talking three games. There's Wales, England, and Iran. And you really don't want to lose any of them, but this first game is so important. And as much as, you know, a draw, you can be okay with a draw. You want to get all three points. Uh, and it is interesting that these teams met uh, a, a, two years ago now, I believe it was, in a, in a friendly. Um, and there's going to be several of those players that, that took part in that game, uh, the 0-0 draw in Wales, and uh, are going to take part in this game as well. And that, that experience, you wonder how that's going to factor in. Obviously, it was just a friendly back then, and... I think it's going to be more about the experience that the U.S. players have had playing against some of these Welsh players on the club level. I think that's going to be a bigger thing. Uh, but to be clear, uh, if you're a U.S. fan and you're going into this game thinking it's a walk or a pushover or this Welsh team is going to be easy to just get out of here, uh, ju- ju- you know what? Check yourself because this is not going to be an easy opponent. And Greg Berhalter will be the first to tell you. It's a good team. I mean, I've said all along, and you probably heard me say this, that I think they're, they're underrated. They have an experienced team, international um, competition experience, solid back line, robust players, very physical um, talent, difference makers up top um, with Bale, James, Kiefer Moore, solid midfield, wing backs that, that get forward. So overall, I think it's a, a really solid team. And for us, the starting point is, again, I've, you know, I've said this six times already, but it's just matching their intensity and coming with a competitive mindset because we know that's going to be needed in the match. Now, obviously, Gareth Bale is the big name on this team, right, on this Wales team. And as he showed in the MLS Cup final, he can still make a difference. He can still make the difference in just a few minutes, uh, although you have to think he's going to be starting in, in, in this opening match. 
I know, right? Magically, he goes from injured to hardly can play to starting in the World Cup. So, you know, a couple of weeks later, it is a little convenient. Yes, I know. But look, Bale is is a a dangerous, dangerous player. And it is really going to be interesting to see how the fullbacks deal with that. Uh, Who starts for the U.S. at fullback is a big question, obviously, uh, when you talk about Anthony Robinson should start at left back. No question. But at right back, if Dest isn't fully fit, do you go with a Joe Scali who is relatively inexperienced compared to the other right back options? But he's been playing and playing recently and playing consistently in the Bundesliga. Or do you go with a Shaq Moore coming off a very good season, uh, half season uh, since transferring to MLS? Very good defender. Very good defender. So, you know, in this week, in the lead up to the week, I really haven't talked about Shaq Moore as as a possibility to start. But if you're concerned about the wing play of Wales and the threats that they have on the flanks, Shaq Moore, you could definitely argue, is the best defender of the right back options, the best pure defender. So if you want to take that approach to it, I could kind of see that. However, Scali has been playing and has played well uh, in Germany, in the Bundesliga at a very high level. And I know he hasn't had many games with the U.S. national team, and that's kind of the big strike against him. Whereas Shaq Moore has tournament experience. We all remember in the Gold Cup that, that where he had his chance to step up and he took full advantage of that to really put himself in this position to be at the World Cup. So Shaq Moore, someone else to consider. And then obviously DeAndre Yellen, the player who actually has played in a World Cup. Uh, did he have the best season in MLS? I, I, I mean, I would argue that it wasn't necessarily the greatest season that he had. He wasn't at the highest of his forms, but he's been here before. He has tons of experience. He's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. So he could be an opportunity. He could be a possibility as well. So really, you could go four different directions at right back. And then, of course, none of this matters if Serginio Dest can actually start and give you 60, 65, 70 minutes. And that's going to be the big question. Who starts at right back? That Because that has the most options, the most possibilities. And we'll find out in a few hours which way they go um, with that position. And obviously, we, we already did the whole last episode talking about lineup possibilities. So we won't delve into that. But in terms of Wales... As I mentioned, Gareth Bale, but the player that you're going to really want to keep an eye on is Bournemouth striker Kiefer Moore, who is a handful up top. And if it's Walker Zimmerman, which it should be, or uh, if he's partnered up with Tim Ream, who obviously has that experience of playing against Kiefer Moore in England, uh, that's all the more reason why I think we're going to see Zimmerman and Tim Ream uh, going up against Wales because of that experience playing against Kiefer Moore. But without a doubt, I think Kiefer Moore is a player that the U.S. defense will be focused on. He's a, he's a big threat. Uh, we figured that out uh, playing against Bournemouth th- this year. Um, he provides a completely different game plan to, to any team that you put him into. So, um, yeah, obviously he's, he's amazing in the air, but he's probably very underrated in his technical ability and, and finishing around the goal. So, um, for our center backs, you know, I've even already had a word with them. We, were, we talked about it in our, you know, scouting meeting already. You know, you got to have a body on him at all times. He's, he's a problem. So, uh, you know, being physical with him, uh, trying to win balls off of him, you know, just a typical center back uh, against good center forward uh, battle. So uh, it will be a tough one, but we have to stop him. And we'll see how they deal with that. And obviously, you know, wanting to try to contain the Welsh attack and wanting to take away their main threats is always is, is, is clearly a key in the game plan for the U.S. But it isn't just about being reactive. It's also about being proactive and wanting to go at them. 
And it is about having Christian Pulisic go at them. It is about Giorena or Tim Weah going at them. It is about Josh Sargent or Jesus Ferreira making their presence felt against the center backs for the Welsh. And, and I am very interested to see if Brendan Aronson get, gets his opportunity, considering the form that he's in, considering the experience that he has playing against some of these players uh, in the Premier League. So I think he, I think absolutely we're going to see Brendan Aronson make an impact in his match as well. So right there, you talk about those players, how they go after Wales. And I really do think you're going to see a U.S. team come out flying out of the gates. I don't think they're going to sit back. They're not going to sit back and wait to get punched. I really believe this U.S. team is going to be the one to throw that first punch and really go after this Wales team. And we've seen this. I feel like we've seen this before. Uh, we feel, we've seen the U.S. as we know the U.S. against Mexico. And look, obviously that's different. It's Concacaf. It's a rivalry. It's a team you know well. You're comfortable with. But we we saw the U.S. really kind of take their uh, take their game to a different level in some of those tough matchups against Mexico, uh, and really show that they can do that. Take it. They they can deliver the punch. And I really think this U.S. team is going to do that. Um, against this Welsh team. And my prediction for the game, I'm going to go 2-1 U.S. Uh, we'll go with a goal from... Uh, Giorena is going to score a goal, in my opinion. I think Giorena scores a goal, and Pulisic scores a goal. How about that? I mean, obviously, he's the, he's the big name, the biggest name in terms of the U.S. players. Um, and obviously, we all remember the picture of him in tears when the U.S. failed to uh, qualify for the World Cup back in 2017 in Trinidad and Tobago. I know there's still kind of the PTSD from that. The, the, the scars have only recently healed from that. I mean, they healed when the U.S. qualified for this World Cup, let's be clear. But I think Monday, U.S.-Wales, when that game starts, that will, went, that will finally wash away those memories. Maybe not permanently, but at least put them in deep, 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 deep in a, in a drawer somewhere. And hopefully this U.S. team will, will create some new positive memories, some successful memories in this World Cup. And they're going to start with this Wales game, this Wales match, which is so important. They need it because, look, England, let's face it, England against Iran, you'd like to think England's going to take care of business, get their win. And right off the bat there, if you, you, you have to get at least a point. You at least have to tie Wales. But if you're the U.S., you want all three points. And I think they're going to do it. And if you're listening to this episode, definitely thank you for listening. Obviously, we're talking about, what, six, seven hours before the match, um, which obviously isn't much of a turnaround. But obviously, if you're listening to this, that means you're pretty hardcore. You needed a little bit more to get you going before the match. So definitely thank you for listening. But most importantly, make sure you stay tuned for S- for the post-game coverage uh, on SBISoccer.com. We will have articles. We will have videos. We will have the SBI show reaction episode afterwards as well stay tuned for all of it we will have everything for you and if you haven't yet make sure you have subscribed to all of the sbi uh, social channels obviously on twitter you have my 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 account uh, soccer bias but you also have sbi soccer uh instagram we I, I need to get going back on instagram i know it's been dormant but sbi soccer's instagram account will get up up and running again as well and uh obviously most importantly make sure you subscribe to sbisoccer.com whatever you can uh, you know contribute and whatever you feel like you need to have uh feel free to the captain level is the highest level obviously but any subscription uh will be greatly appreciated obviously the the subscriptions help uh fund everything that we do and it obviously helps our staff we're gonna you know our team uh our team of writers as well so uh definitely thank you for all of you who have already subscribed and if you're thinking about subscribing uh this i'd say this is the month to do it because uh we're gonna have so much 
uh, for you in the coming weeks, not just with the Wales game, but the England game, the Iran game, the Netherlands game in the round of 16, uh, and maybe a quarterfinal game. Uh, so I'm gonna, we're going to have all of that. So make sure that you subscribe. But um, I think that's it for now. Definitely thank you for listening. And as I said, make sure you tune in for the post-game coverage because we will have it live from here in Qatar. But definitely, as always, thank you for listening. I'm Ivis Galarsep. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>